This is Shannon. And this is Kamani. And welcome to the end of the world. It's Eclipse Day, if you already know. We're recording on Eclipse Day. You guys are probably hearing this later in the year. But yeah, thank you all for joining us again. And we have a great show. We're talking about racial identity among Latinx or Hispanic people and how they racially identify and the complications of race and ethnicity, yep. which is a really great topic. And we're glad to have a friend in the studio. We're going to introduce him shortly. But first, Shannon, how are you doing? Today? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm just a little, it's been a hot day. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a hot day. <laughs> <laughs> the solar eclipse is pretty cool. Like I didn't really care for the hype of it. Mm-hmm. It's just that when I walked out for lunch, like my coworkers just like, they have like the glasses, yeah. so they're just like looking and like, oh look, look, look. So when I looked, I'm like, oh okay, well this is actually pretty cool. And I just walked away because <laughs> I didn't want to burn my eyes. I'm already blind. Yeah. But um, it was it was alright. Yeah, I went to Liberty State Park. I think it was with a few friends. Oh, in New York? No, in Jersey City. And we okay. had like a little picnic. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was yeah. really cool. Um, it was hot but like it was fun because as soon as like it was only like 70% here um, but it got cooler as the moon crossed the mm-hmm. sun. and it got darker too yeah it got a little darker um, I had some other friends that were like in Oregon or like in the path of totality and then the pictures were just crazy oh wow um, we have there's another one in like seven, six or 7 years in 2024 that's coming closer to the Northeast, and apparently there's going to be a path of totality in like Maine or Vermont and places like that. So maybe I'll have enough money to escape to white people's bill. <laughs> because, yeah, that's otherwise I don't think I'd ever see myself going to Maine. Um, <laughs> that's up there. That's up yeah. there. <laughs> uh, so, do you have anything else you want to add for today <laughs> before we get started on that topic? Um. Nothing at the moment, no. Probably I'll just mention that at the end or whatever. (laughs) So, I want to thank Joel Chapman, who's Uh, our guest. Joel Chapman. Joel Chapman, whatever. Yeah, you know, man. I know. Because... (laughs) Better get it right. (laughs) Because sometimes people say Joel and sometimes you say Joel. Why is it like that? That's a great question. Um, So, it's actually pronounced Joel. Um, Exactly. But, you know, I want to promote, you know, especially my Latino heritage. Um, so, Joel Joel um, is really how you pronounce it. So, my grandparents call me Joel. So, I just kind of keep it Joel. You know, two syllables instead of one. Oh. Well, so, that's the story for behind that. Because as English speakers don't know how to speak Spanish that well. <laughs> Your um, Spanish is pretty good, Kamani. Don't sell don't, don't yourself short. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, so, Joel Chapman is here to join us to talk about this topic of racial identity among Hispanic people, Latinx people, Latino, Latino, Latina people. Um, but before we get into that heavy, mm-hmm, heavy stuff, stuff, let's break some ice. What's your <laughs> liquor of choice? Liquor choice? Um, I don't know. I like beer, um, especially being from the Caribbean. Anything rum tastes really good. Um, hey. So rum and coke. I'll just go with rum and coke. <laughs> I'm <laughs> a rum girl. I'm actually drinking Bacardi in the studio too. So. Mm-hmm. Put us on blast. Okay. <laughs> Bacardi and ginger. Yeah, Bacardi uh, gold. You're also, your mother's Cuban. That's right. And your father's Dominican. That's right. So, How does Cuban that or Dominican food? Oh, well, I, again, I live with my uh, grand, grandparents on my mom's side, so definitely Cuban food. Um, I love arroz, uh, 
So no beans, rice and beans, and steak. Rice beans. So what's like the biggest difference in between the food, Cuban and Jamaican food? Um, that's not really a big difference. I mean, since both from Caribbean, as you know, rice is a heavy staple, beans mm-hmm. are a heavy staple. Um, definitely protein, beef, pork. Um, so I think more relying on pork, especially in Cuban culture. Although chicharrones are really popular in the DR as well. So, but don't I think like Dominicans have like a lot of beef in their diet though. True. Because they're True. known for cow raising, right? Mm. Aren't they? A lot of like you know the sugar cane, a lot of mm-hmm. agricultural products. But I would say too maybe more reliant on like bananas, plantains. I feel like Dominican Where? culture, Dominican oh, okay. culture have rely heavily on like uh, what's it called? Uh, what's the word? Help me out, man. You know the word. It's like the. Mofu- not mong- what's it called? Mofongo. Mofongo, there you go. Mofongo's Puerto Rican. No, but Dominicans also have a little bit of well, that yeah. as well. Yeah, I think they do. There you go. What's the word? Mango. There you go. There you go. There you go. You know how you have a Dominican rightness like, how dare you speak Dominican? I like to talk to that person. Tell them to hit me up. Come on, your troll voice is so funny. Like, why would you do that? Oh, my grandfather does live in Washington Heights, so... Really? Yeah, just moved out there. What's your team, then? Do you, are you a big baseball fan? Oh, like absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely a Yankee fan. Definitely a Yankees fan. Do you so. think that's the stereotype or, like... No, it, it, it's, it's kind of it. Like, all but Jamaicans baseball. love track. I'll say that. <laughs> my apologies <laughs> to your boy, uh, Usain Bolt. No. You know, got that cramp. I was watching it. That's watching right. it live. like, one day I made a joke. I'm like, oh, like, they're Dominican? Oh, they must be playing baseball. <laughs> 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 well, but they were Dominican. Were they, like... Train kids from like little to whatever. Some of them don't even know how to read or write. Exactly, exactly. And there's academies. If they scout you for like 10, 11, that's all you do. Baseball, twenty four seven. Like you said, they bring you to academies and scouts Mm -hmm. from pro teams go down there and sign you. So like that, Yankees have a guy named Gary Sanchez, um, who the Yankees saw drafted at like fifteen, sixteen years old, brought him to their minor leagues, and now he's killing it. In the big leagues, so baseball is a huge, huge thing, especially Cuba too. Um, you have mm-hmm. people who try to escape, um, un, you know, under Castro communist regime and risk their lives to try to come over by boat. Um, so the late Jose Fernandez, you know, God bless his soul, was one of those guys who mm-hmm. tried to escape two, three times. The first two times they put him in jail, but the third time he escaped with his mom and had a good career until you know mm-hmm. he, he died. But yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, now, like we're getting to the heavier stuff. Well, there's no more questions, man. No more icebreakers. <laughs> you want to talk about something? What do you want to talk about? What is your current show that you like? What are oh, you yeah, watching? What am I watching? That's a good question. Um, so I just got into the West Wing, believe it or not. So I'm throwing it back. Um, so I'm on season three. So I feel like it's like House of Cards, poor House of Cards, but with actual news and actual mm-hmm. events. I'm, I'm caught up on everything, though. I, like, I love Queen Sugar. I love uh, anything just, I guess, Afro, Afrocentric. Um, Greenleaf on OWN Network. Mm-hmm. Um, it just came back. So that show's crazy. It's great, great show. What show you don't watch, Kawhi? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or someone in a, I'm blowing them on blast a little bit. Someone in a PhD program has more time to watch this shows than, than, yeah. than, than actual. <laughs> I just don't understand. People, help me out. People out. Y'all don't understand. <laughs> People <laughs> listening, help me out. Bubba Hulu and Netflix. <laughs> I don't have Hulu. <laughs> I no comment. I plead the fifth. I can't. I plead the fifth. I'm not, not today. I can't. Um, I can't. Yeah. Wait, I was going to ask something. And then you, let me lose my train of thought. 
Oh, but we we are recording the day after the episode of Game of Thrones. There you go, Game of Thrones. That's right. Because this right. will be airing after. So I, I dare somebody say, spoiler alert. Like, or why didn't you tell us? Because, like, that gets on my nerve. Like, the day. First of all, and I'm sorry, this is, like, not what we're going to talk about. But first of all, this episode was leaked by HBO. That's right. Five days ago from when we're recording. So this is the Monday after the show. That's right. Mm-hmm. But then this episode not gonna get released until later on. Right. You'd be surprised. People come on my page like, Wow, this is a spoiler. Like five days later. I'm like, you need to just get your life. Because when I don't watch scandal or don't watch something, I don't touch social media. And for me that's a big right. deal. Mm-hmm. So that's I don't right. touch it until I know I've seen it. So you need to get your life. Um <laughs> So, yeah. And At I'm what point saying, were you trying to bring up, though, about Game of Thrones? What were you going to try to say? No, I'm just making people temporarily understand how much work we're putting into this show. Okay. As we've been advertising for a while. <laughs> people are like, what's going on? So this is the insight of how long we've been working on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a great episode. Wonderful. Um, and it actually made up for the uh, shorter episode, the one that was like 40 minutes. This one kind of lasts a little longer, so I feel like it was really long. we're getting our, our money's worth. So... How do you racially identify? Oh, we're going straight in. Um, I'm definitely considering myself. Go straight in. <laughs> <laughs> was like, <laughs> well, I would identify as an Afro-Latino, um, and that notion was even further strengthened. Uh, I took one of those ancestry DNA tests, and the results were just fascinating. Um, it told me it was like 40, 42 percent um, from like Iberian Peninsula, so like Spain, uh, Portugal, that area, and then other 40 percent was like. West Eastern part of Africa. So you had like Senegal, you had Nigeria. So it was like 20% Nigerian. So it's just like when you talk about like Latinos, especially, we're such a mixed race and we have like different parts from all over the globe. Um, It just makes it so interesting and fascinating, but also so hard to kind of say, yeah, I'm like white or I'm like black, for example. So for me, it's like definitely Afro Latino, try to get best of both worlds. So I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Do you define Latinidad? As a race or as ethnicity? That's a great question, too. Um, I personally think you know, that it should be considered race. Um, well, what exactly is? <laughs> like, Gosh, this is like... <laughs> Educate me. Oh, my... You know! No! But <laughs> race is like... Oh, my God. A social construct. No, not race, it's, but well, what is it? Everything's a social construct. Yeah. You okay. said a, a, a Latinidad? Latinidad is like Latino-ness. Mm-hmm. Latino-ness. Yeah, that's like being Latino. Okay. Um, and while said that, he shrugged his shoulders, kind of do a little dance or something. No! So. <laughs> I was just like, that whole, whatever, stop it. Uh, um, um, ethnicity is kind of like your cultural, your customs, your background in that sense. So I'm like, and this is also kind of confusing because I can identify as Afro-Caribbean, mm-hmm. but I could also say, if I wanted to be like, ridiculous i can say my culture my ethnicity is jamaican mm-hmm. because jamaican culture and customs is different than trinidadian cultures and customs mm-hmm. although we have like shared histories and things like yeah that overlap. you if you ever can say tell a jamaican that they or accept they're trinidadian or vice versa you're mm-hmm. gonna get a lot of pushback yeah it's like what I <laughs> how dare jamaican. you da, 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 right? i think i did that one time like what <laughs> no no <laughs> Actually, when I was younger. Yeah, when I was younger. Now I'm like, oh, I'm not Jamaican. I'm Trinidadian and mm-hmm. Dominican. No, but actually, when I was younger, I didn't think <laughs> I didn't think there was that many people in the world. So if you spoke Spanish, like this is really <laughs> interesting. This is important because when I was, if you spoke Spanish, you were Mexican. Mm-hmm. There was no Spain. Yeah. 
if you were black and you spoke a language other than English, you were African. Mm-hmm. So this is like pre-second grade and under. And if you were like black, you spoke an English, but you weren't like British or American, you were Jamaican. There was no Caribbean. Mm-hmm. So Haitians would have been considered African in my young mind because I didn't know they existed. Hey. <laughs> so teach your kids about people in the world. That's right. Yeah, that's like you know in Don't high school. Don't let them be the Donald Trump supporters. Like, in, <laughs> like in high school, it was like the Mexicans. Yeah. They had the Jamaicans, yeah. the Trinidadians, yeah. Haitians. Not even they just all mixed in with Mexicans. Really? Every Spanish person was Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> like, but then when you were like you know you grow up and you right. meet different people, yeah. you're like look it's this, the world is not all Mexican, right. damn it. And I think that's a great point to talk about, to like segue into mm-hmm. this conversation about racial identity or identity, I guess. Um, how do many Hispanic or Spanish-speaking people feel about these conversations about race or ethnicity? Because when I go on to pages like Me Too or Mezcla, mm. Or any of these spaces, and they start talking about like Afro Latino identity or like race or racism in like the Spanish speaking community and the Latino, Latin, Latinx community. Some, excuse me, yeah. some people get really defensive and like, no, we're a mixture, blah, 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 blah. We, and then you have like the conversations about things that happen in DR yeah. with the, with the Haitians. citizenship yeah. thing that. Re- retroactively revoke citizenship of people born in DR back to 1929. Um, so you have a lot of those people. But that's just like to weed out the Haitians, right? Just right. Keep it, yeah. So people that don't necessarily have birth certificates because they their parents don't have birth mm-hmm. certificates so they can't get a birth certificate. Um, they don't have Dominican citizenship so they end up self-deporting. It's a very complicated issue that we can't talk about <laughs> now. That would be we would need like a full episode. Um, we can give you a full episode. I'm anyway. just kidding. <laughs> just how do, what is, how do like people, and again, we understand you're one person, you can't speak for the yeah, entire community. Yeah. How do many people in the Hispanic communities wrestle with these kind of conversations about race and identity? Uh, like good question. No, good qu- like de- delve a little deeper. No, that's a good question. Um, and I'm just going to, it's like you said, it's wrestle, it's complicated. Um, and actually my thesis, my senior year at Drew was focusing on just a specific group, so like Mexican-Americans from like 1930 to 1970, and how did Mexican-Americans as a group try to identify um, and see themselves. And what I found just through just some research um, was that earlier on, 1930s, 40s, 50s, even up to like the early parts of the 60s, before like the civil rights movement, and you had like the you know, Black Panthers, and you also had some like the Chicano movement when like young Mexican-American students started to say, you know what, we're not white or brown. So before then, their parents and the older generation tended to see themselves as white, just pure white. They want mm-hmm. to assimilate. They want to get uh, just what they saw was privilege, white privilege yeah. in America. And they realized that by being the other brown, black, that they wouldn't get those rights, especially education or housing. So they considered themselves white. But then as you got later into like the 60s and 70s, you saw younger Mexican-American students and Mexican-Americans say, no, we're not white, we're brown. So they want to give themselves their own culture. They want to say, we're independent. We want to have our own group, our own block. Um, and so the fact that a group can just kind of not switch, but can kind of decide what to, what label racial identity mm-hmm. they would want if they're either white or brown. Like, for example, today I can say, hey, you know, I'm white. And like my SAT um, questionnaire, my when the census comes around, well, they might, Donald Trump might uh, defund the census. So, mm-hmm. on Wait, the last what? census, yeah, he's trying to cut back on the census. 
Um, but anyway, you, I can put white, yeah. I, can, I can put black, I can put other, I can put... So it's just like, uh, I guess uh-huh. on a given day, I can put what I, what I feel like and I could technically be right. Um, uh-huh. So it's complicated. And one thing I think I just want to get out there too, like when we talk about Latino people, like we're not a block. It's not like, a, like we're not homogeneous. You know, we had, I was looking at the, the, some just quick numbers, like especially Cuban American, they have like the strongest pull for like white identities. You have like the Ted Cruz's, the uh, Marco Rubio's of the world, who is obvious that they want to be white and they want to have that privilege, white privilege, and but yet they're not getting it. Um, well, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, at that point in history where you know Latino people was like, you know what, I want to be my own identity. Yeah. If that didn't happen, like, where did you think Latino people would be? Do you think they would mix in with? I guess white people a little bit more or they was just never disclosed like hey my family mm-hmm. is from Mexico okay. or like like what do you think that's a good question that's a good question um, I think uh, like what the history shows is that that's the case that they would try to go where um, there'll be less pressure um, less roadblocks mm-hmm. and less segregation and discrimination honestly so they can kind of pass and I think it's kind of analogous to how you have like maybe light skinned African Americans mm-hmm. the mixture um, during Jim Crow that they decided that even though they did have part black and half black wear, but their skin color was you know lighter they did say hey you know I'm white and they kind of go through that to such that societies mm-hmm. all those discriminations um, easier so I would I would think so maybe just kind of easier to some way Especially, and then once we talk about that, you have your first generation uh, Latino immigrants, you have your second generation. So, like, your first generation would be more ready to assimilate, but maybe mm-hmm. their kids or their kids' kids might be like, no, I mean, I'm American first, and I want to have my own voice. I want to have my, 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 my me represented in American culture. Mm-hmm. Well, I think so. it's really interesting that you brought that, both of you brought that point up, because Italian and Irish immigrants and other people from, like, Eastern mm-hmm. Europe when they migrated to U.S., they were looked down upon. Wonderful. Oh, they were, like, white. They were, like, ethnic whites. And there was, a, like, big campaigns about how crime-ridden they were. Eugen- a lot of eugenics experiments were, like, done on, like, poor, like, southern Italy boys that came into, like, places like New York. That's right. Um, but now, if you look at, like, people that say, I'm Italian-American, some of them were Republican. A lot of them are, like, visibly, like, white, white. But then they will try to, some of them will try to say, oh, I'm Italian, and there was a time we were persecuted too, but yeah. you don't see us complaining, <laughs> mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. So it's really interesting to see how, um, and this is a book by historian Khalil Muhammad, which is really great, and I might, might recommend this one. Might as well recommend, yeah. <laughs> um, but he, it's called The Condemnation of Blackness, and he talks about how these mm. white immigrants were able to assimilate to American whiteness, but African Americans couldn't. Mm-hmm. So, Italian immigrants and Irish immigrants were seen as very crime-ridden as well, but they, over time, became accepted. So, it's but really how did they become accepted? By what? By, ex- like, buying into whiteness and adopting it. So, they lost their language. They mm-hmm. really, like, bought into, like, mm-hmm. being American and assimilating. And distancing themselves from people of color and saying, hey, we're looking at my skin. We're not like you. We're not like you. And I think that's interesting because one of the questions I had was about these t- perceived tensions between like black communities or like Afro, like black non-Spanish speaking communities, let's be specific about that, and the Spanish speaking Hispanic communities. Mm, that's a good point. Um, I can like although like, and this is like a case by case basis. It's probably different in like New York mm-hmm. and places where you have a little bit more synergy between, mm-hmm. between black and brown <laughs> coalitions. But 
at least for us growing up, did we really like it was there was kind of like a divide, would it you was say? Definitely a divide. Between Spanish speaking individuals. Definitely. Like, and then us. Mm-hmm. It was kind of, even if it was, it was similar to kind kind of how we dealt with Haitian people. Like, but I feel like the Haitians, thing is it was just like we were separated by race to where, you know, all Spanish people kinda hanged around each other. Mm-hmm. And then when it came to like us black folks, we kind of separated by our background and by kind of like accent. Mm-hmm. So, because there was people that we hang out with mm-hmm. that we didn't even know was Haitian. Right. But they didn't have no accent, no nothing. We mm-hmm. never know about their background, but we just hang around them. <laughs> but then the Haitians would hang out with each other. They'll have, they'll have the accent. They'll speak Creole mm-hmm. and that would be their group. Mm-hmm. That's just how it was in high school. Yeah. So, I w- I'm wondering... What is like <laughs> with these tensions between the two communities? Yeah. Like specific, specifically like Latinx people and Black people. And this again, I understand you're not the representative. Yeah. Representative yeah. of all Latino people, but how can you we bridge that gap? That's a good question. For one, That's a good question. But also, why is there still this issue? Is it because there are like you mentioned, they're trying to ascribe to like assimilate to whiteness or some sort of semblance of power, mm-hmm. um, or is it just a language barrier? Um, let me answer your, your second it could, question. It could be a language barrier, though. I was gonna say, uh, let me so it's your second question about um, why there's still some tensions, and you're right, um, there are still some people in like culture, like especially some Cuban culture, some people that I knew in my family that harbor racist thoughts and racist. Um, feelings towards, you know, darker skin African Americans. And that was definitely perpetrated by like, the media stereotypes of like black people are thugs, black people are criminals. And you come in as a recent immigrant, you're like, oh, I gotta stay away from this neighborhood. I gotta stay away from these people based on like their experiences or what they've heard from their neighbors or whatever. And there are some they harbor some feelings. So I'll give you a personal example. My grandma, um, she's definitely an Afro Cuban. Like you when you see her you think she's just, you know, black, black woman. Um, and when she married my grandfather, his side of the family had, you know, lighter skin. Family and they didn't accept her at first. They, you know, said, like, "Don't marry her." You know, look at her skin color. She's definitely not worthy of you. And there's some feelings that you know, white skin or white, you know, lightness is mm-hmm. better, you know, than dark. So you still have those tensions, those racist tensions, and it's kind of hard to say, "Oh, you know, Hispanic, Latino people can't be racist." That's not mm-hmm. true. Um, so I think we kind of we got to distinguish that that there are some feelings that some prejudice, definitely a lot of prejudice still still there. But in terms of bringing the two groups together. Um, I think we definitely need to start building coalitions um, because, again, it's not just black lives that are mm-hmm. being killed by police brutality. It's just people of color. Um, and it's kind of hard. Like, if a police officer looks at me, they may be like, okay, like, give me, maybe, I don't know what past, but way more than Kamani, be like, oh, Kamani's skin is a little darker. Maybe he's, you know, so. Uh-huh. I do um, have, a, like, uh, maybe a statement or question. Like, we all know that this happens to people of color, but on the media, like, media, we see black people, like, where are those stories of other people of color being in these situa- situations? Like, I don't, like, <laughs> I know what happens, but where are they? I remember, I can't remember, I feel so good because I can't remember the name, but I, there was one time there was like a black shooting, and then a, a Latino man was shot within the same week, but it got no coverage. Mm. So it kind of bubbled up on Facebook. And it was really interesting to kind of see. Like, what about us? Like, we're not getting coverage in this. Mm-hmm. And then there was also, like, 
you see the kind of racial tension mm-hmm. emerge because some people are like it's hard to explain well look I also think I don't want to put an onus on like the leaders of like Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. but I also think too but if if you really want to build a coalition with you know Latino people I think it's important to talk about issues that we really like on the forefront like immigration immigration mm-hmm. reform mm-hmm. Um, and definitely trying to fight against like mass deportation I think if we can start talking about like those issues and start bringing in just a wide array of conversation because then it's important like we can't mm-hmm. continue especially when we're being faced with like what happened on my birthday August 12th you know on Charlottesville like we need to come together um, any, any, especially any person of color like the more we have the stronger we can become as, as, a, as a country mm-hmm. and that's, so I think just bringing in other issues like education education is very important in Latino culture so just trying to fight for better better schools as a whole mm-hmm. um, against police brutality um, and family family is very important to us religion is very important to us so maybe we can just maybe religious leaders mm-hmm. I know there is that, that barrier that language barrier but if we can overcome that I think that might be the best way yeah, yeah I think immigration is really interesting like, I do what I thought. Um, I'm, you know, I'm someone from the outside looking in, you know, the outside bubble of uh, the <laughs> Latino community. Do you feel that, you know, there could be a little bit more unity? Absolutely. To where, like, it's Absolutely. just like, okay, you need to get rid of these racist thoughts. We are all one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we need to, like, protest and really... We do have rights as well. Absolutely. Like we just we're not passing as white <laughs> all the time. <laughs> and it's gonna be hard. And it's, it's like kind of ingrained in culture. Like if, if you definitely go, I know Kamani can probably talk to you a little bit more, but just centuries of like especially colonial countries like you know uh, Mexico had like the hierarchy on racial hierarchy, and when you grow up, consciously thinking lighter skin is better, and you just move to another place, does your thoughts still remain the same that, mm-hmm. you know, white, lighter skin is better. Um, so I think it's going to have to take just that shift in, in mindset. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping with like our younger generation, um, we're all young here that we can, and I think we're moving as, as a whole, but it's so disappointing when you have like your parents and your grandparents continuing to kind of harbor those, those mm-hmm. thoughts. Um, so what you so I, I do want to bring up the point, you just like kind of talk about this, um, like the parents and the grandparents kind of harboring racist thoughts. We're talking a lot about the tensions between the Latinx community and black non-Spanish speaking communities. But what about the tensions within the Latinx communities themselves? That's a great question. In terms of race. <laughs> That's so like, what exactly are these tensions? So there are a few sayings like, like mejorando la raza, mm-hmm. like bettering the race, um, or mm. like these notions of, I don't know, I feel like I can't say, you explain what they are. No, I was going to say, and also, too, it's not just also, again, going Mexican. It's all about where you're from. Like, I know some Puerto Ricans, um, especially growing, going to high school, like, some Puerto Ricans just like just didn't like Dominicans. Um, they would see, there would be some fights over that. Why? But, because they were Dominican? Yeah, or? it was more, again, that goes to, like, the ethnicity, like, where you're from. So even though we're both, uh, you know, Latino, you know, Latino culture, that like, you still do have some divisions with among ethnicities, which is interesting. But also, like, you know, like, we had some Haitians that just didn't like a different group. Not, not Jamaican, but they just, there were some fights. So most of the fights were actually between similar groups, like, you would think, oh, you guys should be friends, but we also uh, had those those, mm. those moments. Um, so I think ethnicity does play a role. Like, where you from? Um, knowing like knowing that you're Cuban and Dominican, like I know like the tensions between Haitians and Dominicans are pretty it's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. do you want to like elaborate on like maybe your experience like dealing with other Dominicans and Haitians and their thoughts on the tension? Um, the thing is, uh, like, Dominicans really don't like to talk too much about 
They don't. Like, like the tensions. Like to us, it's not really like a big, like nothing's going on. So so it's just going to just exclude yeah, it's, it's, yeah, Haiti, so like have, they're just not next to Yeah, so when I have conversations you know, with grandfather, it was just about what's going on in the DR. That's it. He doesn't mention what's going on in like Haiti or whatever. He just talks about like their government. That's pretty much it. Like I mean, there's not a lot of dialogue. With See, that, I so, think that's kind of a problem. Cause so you yeah, have to, I think... Also, this is me being the boring historian. I think it, it's it's funny because it's a long history. So people are looking at the law that was passed in 2013, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. But this has been happening since... There's been like building tensions since the early 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, when Haiti, like Haitian leaders unified the... Or in Dominican history, history it's like seen as colonized. They, like, unified the island of Hispaniola because they share an island. Mm-hmm. Um, and they ruled for, like, 20-some-odd years. And then Dominican leaders, mainly a bunch of them, and historians, if you're listening, correct me if I'm wrong, the Dominican leaders, many, many of them were directly descended from Spaniards, pushed back against the Haitian, quote, invaders. Mm. Um, so then they started, and there's, like, a, a lot of historical books that I can recommend about like how they started creating a language of demonizing the Haitians mm-hmm. and like kind of creating a Dominican identity that made sets them apart. Mm-hmm. And the major manifestation that was Rafael Leonidas Trujillo, the dictator that ruled for like thirty years, and his massacre in nineteen thirty seven, where he that was called like the Parsley Massacre, um, where he like killed a bunch of Haitians, um, and had his soldiers going around asking, asking. Asked, I'm sorry, Shannon sees something. That's a spot on the chin. Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> okay, wait. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I know I you saw my eyes. <laughs> I was just like, oh, shit. Should I kill it? Should I kill it? Yeah. You don't, yeah. Want people, you don't want Peter coming after us. Oh. You got it, you got it. Good job. Anyways, we're back. I'm not cutting that, by the way. What was I talking about? 1937, the... Oh, yeah, the, the Parsley Massacre. Um, and how that was, like, a crucial moment in defining Dominican identity. And that's, like, a very... I'm sorry, historian. Historians are going to write me, like, what are you... That's, like, a very, like, truncated... Yeah, yeah. I understand. And there are books you can read if you want. Like, message me on Twitter. Um, but saying all that to say it's a, a lot longer history of, like, tensions between these two countries. So... That's one example of like some of the intra politics of race than one Latino group. Yeah. But I want to like act about it even narrower. So like this is Dominicans versus Haitians, and that's like one that typically people go to when they're like, oh, look, they don't like to identify with black and blah blah blah. And when you already acknowledge that's kind of complicated for some people because mm-hmm. identity is complicated for all of us. Yeah. What about thinking of? within the community itself so whether within Dominican communities like race not thinking about Haitians but race or like Cuban communities um well let me try to try to answer that question slowly yeah no no like um you tend to see especially like Cubans for example they're more fair skin more lighter skin so which is in the US in the US yes we're talking about the US Mm -hmm. um so they're ones in the highest group I was reading a stat it was like 88% of Cubans like 2010 census 
vote like put white. Like they would definitely decide that. But the interesting is that the Dominican the people from the Dominican Republic and communities in the United States had the least were the least group to identify as white. Mm-hmm. So thirty five percent. So you do have like divide, especially because Dominicans too like. I feel like I'm more of a like my skin color is more like typical Dominican skin. Just but like your mother's cute. Yeah, but she's also mulatto. Um, so mulatto. Yeah. So no, no, no. <laughs> that word. Is that's how she describes herself. <laughs> oh, okay. so she's listening. Just a mix of. Yeah, she, if she's listening. That's what she describes herself as. Um, What's that movie? They just they're white people. Oh, that's right. Where they're like mulatto. I love that show. That's one. Th- one show I recommend. <laughs> Definitely watch. Some of them say mulatto. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, also, like, again, um, Dominicans, you know, they they range, again, in skin color, so mm-hmm. I feel like, the and it's, like, just talking to my dad and my granddad, like, they say, like, the farther you get, like, the closer you get to, like, the Haitian line, Haitian divide, like, the darker, you do, you do notice, like, the skin so color South comes to. pretty white, in my experience, Well, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I've never been to Santiago, so I'll have to bank on Santiago that. Santiago is in El Cigano. It's, like, in the middle, for people that don't know, and I, I started abroad there for four months, and... Mm-hmm. a while ago and it was kind of whitish it's further than the capital um, that's true Santa Domingo, no, yep. but I saw, actually saw more black people um, and, it, and I had a lot of experiences that's for like another episode mm-hmm. but remember that's what we like a city so you do tend to see a lot more mm-hmm. people of color especially in like, New York for example like right New York city. exactly so for jobs and stuff but I also think it's really interesting that now you're starting to see more and more people at least probably because of social media Identifying as like Afro Latino, Afro Latina, and I think that's really powerful because not only is it challenging notions that Spanish speaking people or Latino people don't don't identify as black and they think they're better than us, but it's also exactly. they're also exactly. confronting people that are like that in their own cultures that are like oh no black people are that are trying to like buy into notions mm-hmm. of whiteness mm-hmm. to gain power over like other black and that's people. what it is it's to gain yeah exactly to um, taste that privilege so do you think and I, is language like such an important aspect of this identity recreation that's an interesting point because again like Ted Cruz I think doesn't speak any Spanish like right? Marco Rubio. was it Marco Rubio or I know this Marco Rubio. I think Marco speaks a little more I think it's Ted Cruz I'm pretty sure it's Ted that either way they're either they're both shit. <laughs> right <laughs> Um, so, and that's also too, so like my Spanish is okay, but you do tend to see that people who really want to see themselves, like don't speak, or they don't teach their kids, for example, like how to speak Spanish. Um, they're like, you gotta know English to like get ahead and move ahead. Um, so you do still see some remnants of that, uh, in some communities. But there was something else I wanted to say, but it's the back. Oh, just in terms of like people coming out, like Gina Torres, for example, like I never would have thought she would be like... And then I saw like a year ago. I'm like, oh wow! A year? Like, like it was like a year and a half ago. And you know, just she's coming out and just being proud of like her Afro. It was Cuban, right? She's Afro Cuban. Yeah. What's that? MTV has like its Latino-based channel. No, like this. I think video. I know. I know what channel you're talking about. <laughs> it was like oh, it's like I think it's just, I think it's this this, uh, this is like two. I don't think it just plays like videos, right? But there was like a video with like Gina Torres. Oh my gosh. Laz Alonzo. Laz Alonzo. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What's her name? She was in Get... Not Get Out. What's it? Be Cool. Mm. Christina Milian. Like, they were in there talking about their Afro-Latin identity. And that was, like, so cool for me because I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm interested in the Caribbean. I'm interested in... <laughs> I speak Spanish. I'm black. And I want to know more about this. Mm-hmm. And seeing these people identify as Afro... 
Latino, Latina. Well, because I'm sure as they were growing up in school, they got the question, like, what are you? Like, mm-hmm. And then they would be like, oh, I thought you were black. And then, because when people ask me that question, I'm like, oh, no, I'm like Latino. And they're like, oh, I thought you were, you were black, for example. Right, when I met you, <laughs> I just assumed you were like a light-skinned black dude with, with soft hair. <laughs> and now I would have thought like he was some type of Hispanic Latino. Yeah, come on, he's right. I've had yeah, quite yeah. a few people say, oh, you're, you're black. And I tell them, oh, no, I'm like a mixed, you know, sp- you know Cuban, Dominican. And that's when I go to my like, ethnicity. So people say, what are you? Mm-hmm. I tend to go towards what you would describe as ethnicity. Oh, I'm half Cuban, half Dominican. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, interesting, funny story. A couple weeks ago, I was on the tennis court and a person, the guy thought I was Filipino. Um, so I don't, I don't know yeah, how to. You could, you could I don't know. His, yeah, I didn't see it. His, uh, Filipino. So I thought, that, thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there you go. So, <laughs> Mr. Whatever. <laughs> Mr. Torres was in had children in VR and in Philippines. You never know. <laughs> um, do you have anything else you want to add? Um, I think this was this is like really an important topic, and I'm. I, I'm really interested in how... I think we're really interested in hearing comments on yeah, this. Yeah, because, like, you know, I'm in the black community. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm also Caribbean, but I don't often get to hear mm-hmm. someone from the 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 Lat- Latino, Latina community come in and, like, explain their experience. Like, you don't mm-hmm. you don't really hear that too often. And, and one thing I want to say, too, like, our... I'm not going to say our struggles in the Latino community are, like, the same. I just want to get that mm-hmm. out there. But we do suffer from some of the same societal ills, like our education, for example. Like, we're on par with each other in terms of, like, and you have, like, white and Asian students achieve higher than Latino and black kids, like, where we live, housing situation. Yeah. So I feel like there's a lot of analogies and a lot of similarities. Some mm-hmm. similarities that we can kind of coalesce around together and try mm-hmm. to unify. Because at the end of the day, um, we all kind of grow up with each other. Exactly. Because, exactly. You know, we're Latino people. Into the same areas. Yeah. There you go. So. Right. <laughs> Basically, basically. You would really have to like pay out of your nose or like be super white and Hispanic to get into some of these neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. But I will say though, like when it comes to like clicking that box, like are you, you know, a, a minority, for example, I, there's no hesitation. I would say <laughs> Latinos to try to get ahead or to click that, check that box. So if we're willing to do that, we should also be willing to look ourselves in the mirror and say, <laughs> how can we support, you know, like again, the Black Lives Matter movement? How can we get more involved? And I so. It's a give and take. You know, we got to give more of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and does that willing. also take acknowledging the shortcomings and the history of racism that's played in like Latin cultures, like all cultures? Absolutely. Because, and I'll say this as an example: people in Jamaica, for instance, we have a lot of racial tension. Jamaicans will, some Jamaicans will deny it, and they'll be in my box like, "No, out of many, one." But no, mm-hmm. there's a lot of racial tension, racial issues. That stem from colonialism and slavery. Like, I mean, that's anywhere. Anywhere. Definitely. But is there needs is there an acknowledge? I think a lot of Afro Latin people that are being vocal are trying to challenge that notion in Latin communities because they're like there's been this history of colonialism and slavery that have made us hate blackness and view blackness as the enemy. And we've done everything in our culture to like try to get to whiteness. So pelo malo, all this mm-hmm. this terminology. Mm-hmm. Mejor la raza, la raza. I'm sorry. I can't roll my eyes either. It's fine. <laughs> sorry, please don't. Listen. Like things like that. You have and you have a lot of Afro Latin Latinx people commenting and like challenging that. Like no, I like my hair. Me amo mi pajon. Things like that. Now, 
that would have existed probably without social media a few very years true. ago. Very true. So you you're and you're starting to see people, at least for me, someone that reads comments, like going to war with like white white Latino people. In the comments, like, no, this is what happened to me. And then some people try to play it off like what white Americans hear, saying like, oh no, this is no race problem. It's just you <laughs> being shortcoming. It's, it's all being vocal. Like, right. just put yourself out there. Like, look, this is what I went through. <laughs> okay? Like, and I think at the end of the day, like one thing you'll realize, I'm again, I'm not going to generalize all white people, but mm-hmm. they're they're gonna they're, <laughs> they're gonna it's, they're, they don't want to give up their they, they don't want to give up their privilege, they're, and they're, and they're definitely not going to give it up to someone who's trying to or I'm not a, a racial imposter, but they're definitely not going to try to give it what they have, what they feel like they've earned or what's been given to them. So mm-hmm. I think it's foolish for again Cubans and other lighter fair Latino groups to try to continue to cling towards that. That's not just that's not going to get them anywhere. It's just going to continue the status quo we've seen for decades now. Mm-hmm. And, and what you said, it was also important to remember in a historical fact, like a large percentage of enslaved Africans went to the Spanish-speaking Caribbean and Americas. Um, Colum- Colombia, I think, after Brazil, has the second highest mm. black population, mm-hmm. which is saying something. And I say that to say because there was this recently this video of this. Afro-Latina Colombian journalist for Univision that interviewed a KKK grandmaster. Oh, yes, yes, um, yes. And didn't he threaten her? He threatened to, mm-hmm. like, to kill her or something her, yeah. on her property. Oh, wow. And part of me was just like, first of all, Univision, you don't have that many black anchors, first of all. So this Hello. Is, it's either like, <laughs> on one hand it's good, but on the other hand it's like, yeah, I'm gonna, this is, are you doing this for ratings? But on the real... She, as a self-identifying Afro-Latina woman, mm-hmm. put herself in this harm's way to challenge and talk about racism. Yeah, but thinking about how she put herself in harm's way, and as an Afro-Latina woman, many people would say, based on things I've seen in the comments, oh, she's just Latina. She's a, There's none in this Afro thing. It's not like America. But she is obviously treated as a black woman. That's right. Even though she speaks Spanish, <laughs> regardless. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that's really interesting to, to understand and to take away um, in this conversation. Mm-hmm. That although like Latin America and different countries have their own racial definitions, in America, with whiteness and white supremacy, you're viewed a certain way, regardless that's of right. how you try to identify. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Cool. So yep. let's now we're gonna do our recommendations. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm just think, still thinking about that thing. Um, Shannon, do you have any recommendations? Recommendations. Um, I'm you always say like recommendations. <laughs> recommendations. Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm late to the party, but I started watching Creek Sugar, and it's Ooh, really good. Huh? That's season one. Yeah, like I just finished like episode three, but I could sit there and really binge watch it. Yeah, it's really good. It is yeah, really it's such an easier show to yeah. get through. It's like great storytelling. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Ava. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna lie, I feel mm-hmm. like Game of Thrones is a is way heavier. What do you mean? Like it's just like so much going on. It's a like, lot. You it, gotta sit. It is heavy. You gotta sit compared to Queen Sugar. It's like okay. Wait, wait. Know. Queen Sugar also is heavy too. It, it, it could be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that's your family member. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It's like that's my cousin's cousin yeah. sister that's going through something like that. Seriously, no, that's right. Mm. I'm Charlie, by the way, because we're both middle children. 
Yeah. Charlie Bordeaux. Wes. So you have a different mother, is it? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) No. But, like, she acts like a middle child. Anyways, finish with your recommendation. (laughs) (laughs) Queen Sugar is really good. Um, Yeah, just finished season, not season, um, episode three. And I'm going to watch some more tonight. And, like, it was really good. Like... Once I watched the first episode, I'm like, I'm really intrigued. Once I saw the second episode, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I can sit here and watch this. And I'm not a person that would binge watch. I, I barely have time for TV, but I would really sit there. If I could recommend it, then it's good. <laughs> Come on. Oh, Joel, you're... Yeah, I mean, we're just talking about... you first, I'm sorry. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> just, just TV shows. I think one show that I think kind of goes under radar, but I love it. It's already in season four, is uh, Survivor's Remorse on Stars, so you can get that yeah. channel. Um, it's like LeBron James has it's a little bit... It's on season four now? It's on season four, yeah. Wow. The storytelling is... I mean, it's just it's one of those comedies, just like one of those guilty pleasure type shows. Um, I, I just think it's great. I love sports as well, so the fact that Cam is you know basketball star also got me hooked. Um, also, I think Insecure as well. I think that's a show that speaks to problems that millennials face, especially Jesus trying to, Christ. you know, Insecure when they come here. Yeah. <laughs> well, find, finding you know the significant other and just using that like social like dating apps and stuff. I think that's also uh, very interesting. Hey, we we talked about this on the first. Oh, episode. you did. Okay, like, and it was just like, oh my god, I am Issa because like <laughs> I am Issa. I'm just gonna say like. <laughs> I'll never like Daniel. I'll just say that. By, by the time you well, finish catching up, shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something I could catch up pretty easy. I'll never. I can't like whatever Issa and Daniel could be in a relationship for ten years. I'll never forget. It's a no. It's a no for me. Okay. <laughs> Anything? How do you feel about Lawrence? Lawrence, like I understand Lawrence, but I feel like he's trying to be something he's not, and that's the big problem. Mm. He's trying to be a player when he's not. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I think that's yeah, he's where... spent what three years on our couch. Okay, also <laughs> two. It was two. But my theory is that he was depressed. And oh, we don't talk enough we about know that's... male depression. That's right. So Kamani has been. Yeah. I'll give him that. He's been right. saying that. Ooh, that's right. A topic. That's right. Okay. Write that down. Write that down. Don't talk about black male depression. So. People saying like Lars wasn't doing shit. Whatever. Mm. whatever. Listen, he could have been depressed because his life wasn't working out how he envisioned. And y'all can mention me in my comments, whatever. News. I sure. Anything else? Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I watch all these other shows like Kamani watches. He's the one that actually recommends shows for me to watch, and, I, and then I watch them uh, a couple weeks later. I, if I ever needed a hobby, like, well, a, you should a be a TV career. critic or a t- yeah, TV, yeah, yeah, whatever type of critic. Someone would need to hire me to pay me like a decent salary before I agree to do that job. If you dream, you know, make yeah. work. Yeah. I need fifty thousand at least. Hey, okay, I could live on fifty thousand. <laughs> you really could, <laughs> <laughs> but the more the better. I'm trying to think because a lot of my favorite shows too are also on hiatus. So like anything Shonda Rhimes does. Well, just think of no. Yeah. Yeah. This is gonna See, be but in his like thing, I'm like a I'm like an anime person. So oh really? It's just like <laughs> the last time, like I recommended um, My Hero Academia. No, and, um, can't. Well, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> no matter people might watch, people might hear your voice and you might say Rock Scandal and they might be like have denied a hundred. No, Scandal's great. Watching. Scandal's amazing. Amazing show. Especially after season six. How to Get Away Murders, oh. great. Huh? Papa Pope. Oh, that's yeah. my dude. I want to be Papa Pope. <laughs> he is like inspirational. I don't think you can handle just it. Just him. Me? Yeah, you sure? Why? It. I don't know. I... Why couldn't I handle it? 
because he's ruthless. You got you do got a soft. He has a soft side. Come do on. I? Do. Yeah, come on. He's got I a soft side. I can sell my people. You know how like you know, <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here for, first. Sell your soul. <laughs> you know how like in um, Pirates of the Caribbean when he carved out his heart. That's right. I could easily do that. Put it in the chest and then be powerful. I can't. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, I guess I'm also embarrassed to admit it, but I, I, I'm all caught up on daytime divas on VH1. So that's you a great. That's great. No, I mean it's, I love it, but I just want to an- announce it on on the podcast. Well, like I'm but... just a ratchet TV person. <laughs> I would I would have watched like regular TV like <laughs> on time, but like I watch my ratchet television. I watch Love and Hip Hop and mm-hmm. and uh, see I came onto that late, so I feel like you know. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I missed, I missed that. Reality TV shows. Yeah, I feel like I missed that. It one. is like trashy. We, we mentioned but it's like the first episode. Good. It never used to last forever. Now it's like season six of a reality exactly. TV yeah. show. They're the same people. The I'm like, veterans and shit on here. Like, <laughs> although Kevin Hart's the Real Husband of Hollywood, it's a very interesting that's, show. That's pretty I, hilarious. I'm all I'm caught up on that one. What did you say? Nine press. I fell off on. You that. fell off on that. One? Mm-hmm. Like comedy shows are hard for me. Because I ain't blackish. Because I like the satire. Well, of course, blackish is great. That's can't go wrong with that one. I'm all caught up. So, like I'm saying, most of my favorite shows are on hiatus. So, and I watch a lot of sports. So, okay, yeah. So for me, I was gonna recommend something, but I'll save it for another episode. Since we talked about Afro Latino like black racial identity in the Latinx community, um, there's a movie called Azuka. It's about like a Dominican baseball player. So when you were talking about Dominican mm. baseball, I thought that was really cool. I watched it like a few years ago. Also, a book. It's like a biography memoir black cuban black american by evilio grillo um it kind of talks about his life as a black cuban living in america living in florida and the complications of that in like the early in the 20th century i'll say that well what about moonlight too sorry to cut you off but doesn't moonlight also talk a little bit moonlight is great because that's like a line about black cuban yeah but what was the main yeah one of the main characters Um, taught him how to swim juan right exactly but it was like one like oh yeah i'm from cuba I just and thought there's a lot of black people there. There's a lot of black people everywhere. Well, that he, and that was that, great. That he swims too. I just think that's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Not, you know, just America, you, know, you know what it is? You know what it is? You have to pay to learn to swim here. In the, in the Caribbean and other places, you don't got to pay to learn to swim because there's a river. That is and true. And you have like somebody. My father told me that he was, like people used to put people on like a board and leave them out in the ocean and they got to find their way back to the shore. So, I don't know. You just don't have to. You got to pay for $200 for a swimming lessons. But I think that's just one of the things that Moonlight kind of went under, kind of missed. I thought that was an important point. Continue. Come on. My final recommendation <laughs> is The Afro-Latin Reader by Miriam Jimenez Roman. Um, I think it's like a really great compilation of like text for anyone that's interested in looking more into Afro-Latin identity. Um, that's how I got into it, sort of. And yeah, I think that's a great primer. And if you want more historical stuff, you can message me because, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't, don't want to weigh you down with the hundreds of books. Yeah, I have to you're like like the history, survive. and I'm like the enemy, and like I like comics <laughs> <laughs> and comics. You're the comic guy. But let me ask, Mike, do you sleep? Uh, <laughs> do I sleep? Of course, I sleep. between all the books you have to read and then all the TV you're able to watch. That's just not how you well, feel. Well, I, I wasn't. When I was doing my exams, I watched a lot more TV than I do now. This okay. past year, in my grad school, I didn't watch as nearly as much. Like, a bunch of shows fell off. Oh, okay. So, okay. Mm-hmm. 
Sure. Well, <laughs> we've come to the end of another episode. And I want to thank my friend, Joel. Thank you. Chapman. No, thank you guys Joel. for having me. Shane, I call him Joel. It was really great. It was really great. Appreciate it. I call him Joel just to mess with him. <laughs> I want to thank Joel for joining us. It's been so great. Uh, and we're gonna have to have you back. Absolutely, and guys. let me. If I offended anyone, I apologize. Don't um, apologize. Wait till they say you offended. <laughs> Don't preemptively apologize. He's already like, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, if there's anyone trying oh to, oh my back gosh, back. I didn't want to misrepresent <laughs> the <minute. laughs> Wait till they message you, and they will. Well, they don't have my my contact. But then you'll so get followers because then, like, oh my gosh, this Afro Latin former. That is true, though. Actually, I did want to start. I had a blog. It was called Mixed Millennial. I had a couple posts on it. A um, couple. couple posts. Yeah, I, like, I fell off. I started it. It's hard mean, to that's last year. Yeah. Like, I had hard. a music blog. I'm hard. like, oh. You gotta, like, be yeah. committed. You're all gung ho. Yeah. That's why everybody and... just goes to, like, post their blog and post their stuff. But you know what happened? I'll tell you what happened. It was the. It was the <laughs> I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. So, listen. Because you've been on Blavity. I was on Blavity. That was good cheese. That was a good piece. <laughs> Look at my friend. That was a good piece. Activity. That's why you can't rush it. I've been having other few ideas, but I can't post anything. But you know what happened? It was the election after Donald Trump won. All the wind in my sails was all. That's it was true. all pro Hillary. I'm like Donald Trump has no chance when he won. That's it. I stopped. I stopped posting after that. So I just want to say I told you. So. Yeah. <laughs> I that's like what it was. Time. And we won't have a, like I told you so. He said there was no. a chance, but he was all pro Hillary. He didn't think no, Donald Trump had a chance to win. What did he say? crazy and watch the comments. Oh, that's crazy. also what I was going to say. Race is important because at the end of the day, Donald Trump won because of race. Not because of not because oh, of economic. Oh, we never talk about that. But we're ending. Yeah. We never that's what about I want to say. Why, race is very important. Like, that is very important. Oh, we we need to bring you back to talk about <laughs> Latino voters and oh, like, you see, the complications of that. that. Mm, um, that's a great So point. before we keep talking and run out more of your time, because we don't want to be here forever. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Thanks to Joel for joining us. Again, we invite you all to follow us on our Facebook page, Drinking with Blurds. Follow us on Twitter, Drinking W Blurds. And we have a blog, DrinkingWithBlurds.com, where we post updates and our podcast and subscribe to your friends all that good stuff yeah thanks and <laughs> we'll have you all back next time cheers bye